Hey everyone, welcome back to Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Sia, or I mean, my real name is Steph, <laughs> but everyone seems to call me Sia. I could go, I mean, either or, okay with it. <laughs> I used to be um, formerly known as Kim Chi on stage, not to be confused with the most amazing drag queen ever, but... <laughs> That was my stage name before, but of course, due to the pandemic, no longer dancing. I am also a digital content creator, um, YouTube person, and all-around person that just doesn't know what the hell to do, so I'm doing a lot of things. Um, But that's me in a little nutshell. Enough about me, though, because this is not the reason for today's episode. Today's episode, I am bringing on an erotic masseuse who goes by the name of Lexi Caldera. Lexi, can you say hello? Hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm so honored to be here. I am so excited to have you on. I was on the hunt for an exotic masseuse to interview for a long time, but then it took the back burner and then I just reached out to my Twitter following and one of my followers was like, hey, you should try messaging Lexi. She's great. I think she would have a lot to say. And I DM'd you and now you are here, my dear. I'm here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to get into all this because it's a world that I relatively do not know much about. And again, if I am thinking the same thing, then perhaps a lot of my listeners are also kind of in the dark about this part of the sex industry. So I would love to kind of get to know you, but I know I don't know a lot about you. I've tried to stalk you. There's not a lot available online. So if you can do the honors and define who you are, what you do on your own words, in your own terms. Yeah, sure. I know a lot about me. So um, (laughs) perfect. I mean, what I do is realistically in the grand scheme of things, a lot like um, full service work. I mean, we're going to get into this later, but um, (laughs) essentially I travel around and I give massages that have a happy ending. So regular massage for the, you know, first half of the massage, a lot of the times I go to towns that have like a lot of working guys. Mm -hmm. So I give a good massage. They usually have really sore muscles from working 12 hour days or whatever. So... (laughs) I'll give them a good massage and then it starts to get sexy partway through. Um, and I mean, a lot of guys really like that, like professional start where you just give the massage and there's, it starts out like, just like nothing's going to happen. And I guess there's sort of that fantasy there too. Totally. And Um, it's relaxing too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it relaxes you and helps them let their guard down and mm-hmm. not just think about, oh, my God, like, I need to get hard. Like, I need to perform. Right. No pressure there. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think probably lots of escorts start like that, too. And then I start to, like, press my body while they're on their stomach. I'll just, like, lay on them almost or, like, lightly rub against them or mm-hmm. um, rub my fingers along the inside of their thigh, just a little, little too close, you know what I mean? <laughs> a little tease. Um, yeah, a little tease. And then flip them over and sort of 
pull back away again and do a massage on their front Mm -hmm. and just get to talking to them because a lot of times um, when you're getting a massage on your back and you're not having to face someone, it's easier to have a conversation, to relax. But when you have to look someone in the eyes, sometimes it's harder to keep that conversation going. Um, (laughs) And then it hits you again, like, oh my God, I'm in this situation now it's going to happen, you know? Right. So I like to take, I like to take it back again and then, um, start that whole process all over again. Right. Um, and then I do a body slide, Okay. which a lot of people ask me, what is a body slide? Yes, please and... break it down for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably like the most asked question I get besides, do I have sex with my clients? Which I don't, I do a hand release. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I have had sex with clients in the past, so like, okay, again, we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get, get into, into it. Later. <laughs> um, yeah, so the body slide is I explain it to people, sort of like imagine it's. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been? I ask people like, have you ever been to a strip club? Have you ever gotten um, a lap dance? And a lot of, most people say yes, or, you know, they've seen a lap dance, whatever. They know what a lap dance is. Right. It's a lap dance, laying down in a bed, and I just rub my body all over you and tease you and let you, I let my clients touch me. Just, I don't let them put their fingers inside me. Right. But yeah, like, I, I love being touched. And honestly, the biggest thing, I love being teased, or no, I don't love being teased, I hate being teased. Actually. <laughs> you like being um, the teaser. <laughs> I like being the teaser. Yeah, yeah. It is probably my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So it's fun. It's almost um, like a little bit torturous for the yeah, client, yeah. <laughs> but it makes them want I it more. It's like it for the most part, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's what a body slide is. Um, oh my gosh. Can I say, <laughs> When I, when I like hear a body slide and you're going to laugh at me and everyone's going to laugh at me, but the first thing that comes to mind is like a slip and slide. Oh my gosh. I totally, I make plays on it. I actually, in a hotel in the town that I live in, mm-hmm. they have like a kid's slide and you know, the slides that they have in the pools in and the hotels. Pool. Yeah. 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 And it has a sign like how to sit for a body slide. So it's, I've taken a picture of it. It's on my, my work Facebook. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Continue. <laughs> I feel like I had to share that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I offer this service. I do, like, deviate from that. I also offer, like, social time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing social time, actually. Uh, I've gotten to the point I also love fishing, and I tour around usually rural places. Okay. So... I get to go on a lot of fishing dates with my clients, and I get paid for it. That's awesome. It is probably my favorite part of my job. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then social times for other things too, like just going for dinner, Mm -hmm. um, being like a fake date to a family dinner. I've done that a couple of times. It's pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of fun though, and like I understand where someone's coming from because I come from that family that's like so when are you gonna get a boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) so yeah 
I've gotten hired before to help someone go grocery shopping just because they wow. have or had a hard time leaving the house oh um, and just holding their hand through it. Wow. Yeah. So things like that. Like I deviate from massage, but I started in like at an adult spa. So that's what I learned and mm-hmm. that's what I do. For sure. Like how, how did you get involved? Uh, how did you fall into it? Yeah. So, um, I was actually, I grew up in Southern Ontario and I was seeing a guy in the States and we wanted to be together. We were, you know, at 18, had big plans to get married and whatever. Oh my gosh, didn't we all? (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit that part of my past, but it happened. Um, And so to do that, you need to have a lot of money. He worked at a pizza shop. I you know, was I, at the time, I think I was doing, um, at working at a call center or something. Okay. Um, so we just, we didn't have money. So, yeah. and I had a little bit of credit card debt. So I'm like, okay, well, what's a realistic way for me to pay off all of my credit card debt and to have put some money in savings, um, and build to make this, dream of marrying this kid a reality right and I thought about it for a long time and one day I was on the bus and I went by this spa and I knew what it was because my sister and my uncle worked like literally right around the corner and right across from (gasps) oh my gosh yeah 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 so I knew what it was because like I picked my sister up with my parents a bunch of times from where she worked and yeah. my uncle, we'd visited him lots there because like it was right around the corner from my high school too. Not right around the corner, but a few blocks from my high school. And Okay, like within the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. So like we'd driven by it and my mom had pointed it out to me and been like, hey, listen, like don't ever go there. Oh my it's God. not like an actual massage parlor. They do bad things there. Oh my gosh. So, so of I had known what that. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm on the bus. <laughs> So I'm on the bus and I see it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm of age now. Like I could do this. And by, by this time I'm 19. So okay. I get home, I message them and they message me, they email me back and they're like, yeah, like we are hiring, you know, and you, they asked you to send like an actual resume. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're like, yes, we're hiring. Come on in for an interview. Okay. So I go for this interview and they kind of go into like, this is what we do. Like, yes, we're adults. They had, when I go in there, they had like security and everything, but it was a super nice building. Like really, yeah, really nice building. Okay. Everything was super clean. And actually I had gone to another place just to check it out and they had carpet everywhere. And I was just like, this does not seem, yeah, super gross. (laughs) Yeah, nasty. So I I left there and then went for this other interview. And yeah, they were great. And they just were very open about everything. And they sounded like they really supported you. And they insisted that you get a health test done. And yeah, they just explained, like, this is what we expect of you in an appointment, which was a massage, Mm -hmm. naked. It was, they had rules um, to keep things... um, Safe Safe for you. Yeah, safe for you, safe for the clients. It was just, it seemed really professional. So, um, 
I decided, yeah, I was going to try it out. So they had me back for a second interview, which was an appointment with one of their like trusted workers okay. and one of her regular clients. Oh, okay. So, so it was a, like they shadowing? call that a duo. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have this half hour appointment with the client and honestly, it wasn't that hard for me to like take off my clothes in front of him. Okay. I just, I don't know. I kind of grew up in a family where a body's a body and I also felt like this guy's paying me to see my body and I've done it before with guys like for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. And not like I, say. and I do it with my friends to go skinny dipping. Like yeah. it just wasn't an issue for me. Cool. I was like, I was a little bit nervous of course and meeting this new person or whatever, but it wasn't like overwhelming nerves. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the appointment went great and she kind of showed me what she did, what she did. And then I just copied her and it was great. And then, you know, after this half hour appointment that actually really only lasted 20 minutes because <laughs> he spent time showering. Yeah. I walked out with $70 and I just thought like $70, like I barely did anything. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was no. So I was sold. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so essentially a client walks through the door. You line up the clients. You introduce yourself to the client. There's a few other girls there. Always, it's never just one or two girls. There's always at least three or four, just to um, keep things safe. Yeah. No one's in a room together at once. There's always one person out of a room in case something happens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, That's awesome. And um, the client chooses who they'd like to see. You bring them into a room, you give them time, you bring them towels, you give them time to shower, turn on the shower for them, bring them, once they're done showering, to the bed, and then um, give them a massage. And all that was expected of you. Mm-hmm. So you get a door fee. Uh, they pay a door fee. Oh, to okay. Come in. Interesting. Yeah, so for an hour, it was like $75 or something like that. Okay, okay. Or $80, and then that gets split between you and the house. Okay. You get a bigger percentage. Like, I think the ladies got 60%, the house got 40 Oh, Or wow. maybe it was like 45 and 55 or something like that. Okay. And once you're in the room, you can – essentially how – work told us is you give them a massage that's what they're paying for right it's behind closed doors if you're not being like and work didn't really tell me that I guess it was almost like the other girls told me that oh like they told work told me like you get in there you get naked you give them a massage that's what's expected of you right and the girls it was like yeah like if you're in the room and you're quiet, you can do whatever you want. That being said, and it's mm. interesting, I remember you touched on this in the street workers episode. Uh-huh. If there was ever a girl that was doing um, bear, it okay. was like, no, you did not have a good time at work. Because you had to sit there at work with a bunch of other girls. Yeah. And if it was found out that you were doing bear, yeah, it was just not, not, not. not and like, okay. if work caught wind of it you were immediately fired yeah it was yeah oh wow Um, yeah so but it was good because there was actually lots of other girls that worked there Mm -hmm. so 
and it wasn't just like lots of other like girls like me skin skinny white girls like there was all kinds of girls oh yeah okay actually we're going to be touching on this later for sure but one of (laughs) the one of the highest earning girls there was like 70 years old what yes that's incredible she was booked solid every single day she was the only provider there out of dozens of girls that they actually booked in advance. Usually oh usually they would only book once the girl was there at like at her shift. Yeah. But for this but one. For her, yeah. Like she'd been there so long and like and honestly, you'd always know when it was her client because he'd come in and like a little like with his little what do you call those? Uh like a cane. <laughs> like a, like a lot of older guys would see her because they just didn't feel comfortable with like you know, a 20-year-old or even a 30-year-old girl. Like, they wanted someone their own age. Yeah, understandably so. Yeah, I always respected her clients because you you knew they were just, like, the sweetest old men. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to get into that. So anyone who (laughs) says that you can't do this forever, like, they're so fucking wrong. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Amen to that. You can do this forever if you want to. (laughs) Wow. Okay. This um, is really, really cool. I'm, I really do appreciate the really thorough breakdown that you're giving us. Like uh-huh. it's, it's very, very insightful. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could talk about it forever. I loved working there. The only thing was uh, they were not inclusive with like, they were inclusive with race. They were not inclusive with like trans, like they would never oh, hire wow. a man or a trans person. Yeah. I was kind of sad. Oh, that's so disappointing. But they were, like, for everyone else, <laughs> I don't know if that, I feel awful even saying that. Oh, for, for everyone else, they were, they were great and supportive. And, like, if I ever had an issue, even if it was off the clock, I could call them and they would be there. Did you ever have so. any issues working? Um, working? Like, not, not really. The only one time I had an issue and it was actually, like, my first week. Okay. Um, so it was open um, late, late, late. Right. And, and it was downtown, so you, you know, guys from the bar would come in, super mm-hmm. drunk. Yeah. And this, I get this one guy, and I bring him into the room, leave him, to, leave him for five minutes to shower, turn the shower on for him. Yeah. I walk back in on him, and he is peeing in <gasps> the garbage can in the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just stand in the doorway with the doorway open, like, what the fuck? And I said, yeah. what the fuck? And one of the other girls heard me, and she comes storming over, and she looks at him, and she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And she closes the door, and the door is locked from the outside for safety. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she calls the boss, and the boss is there in five minutes, and they take him into the office, and five minutes later, he comes out, he pays me $200, and he leaves. So, like, That's a good problem. it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a problem. Like, people knew. That's good you know, that they took care of their girls. They're not going to put up with shit. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. It wasn't, I, I, like, I had heard of it happening, but I wasn't there for that long. Mm. But I'd heard of, like, when I wasn't there, you know, this had ha- some guy had come in and, like, punched this girl in the face. But oh my God. it always got taken care of. Like, they, work always took care of it. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that they have your back. Yeah, it's all great to be supported. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. So I don't know if you want to talk about your work over on this side 
of the country too because you you weren't there for very long you were there for i think um, you said four months or i actually like maybe closer to six months okay and then i when i first got there like it was busy mm-hmm. and there was lots of girls but it just wasn't enough and mm. so i started working like crazy hours and really they shouldn't have let me do it but I, I remember the last week I worked there, I worked like a hundred and like 110 hours or something stupid like that. What? Oh my God. Yeah. It was wild. Well, they had beds there. It was actually, so they had like a bunch of rooms with beds and then they had like mm-hmm. a pool studio and like jacuzzi rooms and shower oh, cool. rooms and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> I would just sleep in the bed just to cover like the overnight shifts and right. make sure that like so, like, if someone did come in, then I would get woken up, and I would just keep an eye out while they um, took care of the room. Like, right. I wasn't taking as many appointments, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I shouldn't have been working that much, but I was doing it just because I sort of, like, I sort of threw myself into the life. I loved the money. Mm-hmm. I loved the confidence that it had given me. Um, I loved the freedom because of the money it had given me. For sure. And I was starting to lose touch with my family because I was having a hard time lying to them. I suck at lying. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask, like, how did you hide this so long, especially these long hours? It's open super late. How did you kind of dodge around that topic about, like, what do you do for work? What are you doing? Why are you coming home so late? Well, I didn't live with my family, actually. So my oh, mom okay. had a stroke when I was young. And oh, so no. I moved out pretty early. Okay. Um, yeah. So that wasn't an issue. Like, okay. I could come and go as I pleased because I had my own apartment. Okay, okay. Uh, so you had that independence. But what about, like, yes. the money and, the and like, did they ever ask you? So I you, just like... told them that I had three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Which it felt like I did because I was working so many hours. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I told them I had three jobs. And I don't know if they bought it or not. Like, hmm. I really don't know. I'm kind of just dealing with them right now about sex work. I've come out to them since. Ooh, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're having, like, counseling sessions together. Holy crap. Because they were really anti for a long time. For sure. So, oh, my god, We're dealing with that, yeah. Did you want to talk about that, or we could skip? Yeah, I could talk about it, like, a little bit. Like, yeah, it's not briefly. that big of a deal. I kind of went through a phase where I just was, like, you know, I – I pick and choose my friends, whether they support me in sex work or not. So why can't I do that with my family too? Mm. So I just decided like they haven't, they haven't been providing me emotional support since I was a teenager. And even then, like they didn't really give me that much realistically. Mm -hmm. So at least not for the path that I wanted to, to, To you know, have for myself. Yeah. Um, So I just felt like, you know what? They're not paying my bills. They cannot tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm an adult enough. now. So, <laughs> like, I told some of my family one okay. by one, kind of randomly. Yeah. Um, whoever I thought might take it the best. Okay. Um, and they took it about how I thought they would, like, not the greatest, but also because my siblings are a lot older than me, mm. and my my parents are like, I'm almost thirty, and my parents are the ages of most of my friends my age, ages parent grandparents. Oh, like wow. my my dad's almost ninety years old. <laughs> oh whoa! Okay, whoa! Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm like I'm and like. <laughs> plus, I'm a first generation Canadian. Like both my parents are from Europe, so okay. just totally. They're just 
totally it's a different, different world. They grew up in a totally different world. Yeah. yeah. And very like, but that being said, I also feel like sex work has been around forever. forever. Yes. So like, that's not a very good excuse. No, you know, no, yeah. it's not. Ugh, so essentially I don't have a relationship with my dad, okay. which is unfortunate. I've left the door open to him. You know, mm. you know, you, my, so one of my siblings knows how to get a hold of me. So just ask them and yeah. give me a call. Right. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. My mom has taken it quite well, surprisingly well. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. What was her reaction um, like? She She's older and she's had a stroke. So her initial reaction was very good, but I think she was in shock. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and then she kind of, like, flip-flopped and she sort of said some things that were really hard to hear from your mom. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we are now doing co-counseling, and it's going oh, fairly well. I'm glad um, to hear that. Yeah, really she kind of, she's apologized, and she said, you know, you're my daughter, and I love you no matter what, and that sort of thing. So That's good. It, it, it's been a wild ride, but we're getting somewhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry for the side tangent still there. On, <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, siblings I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. My fiance's family knows what I do. Okay. How's they that reaction? It, they took it very well. Oh, I'm, good. Yeah. I mean, they're a lot younger. They're not like as old as my parents. So, a bit more open minded then. Less judgmental. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay. Sorry for that um, sidebar. I'm <laughs> just really genuinely curious, like, how other people's families deal and friends and how they deal with that especially it's coming uh-huh. up because it's so hard when you come out um and unless you're in a really you know supportive family who understand this line of work like I feel generally speaking it can be a difficult conversation to have yeah definitely <laughs> yeah like realistically I wish I'd done it a lot sooner because I have one sister that is an actuary and works at a bank. Okay. Like, uh, two separate sisters. I have one sister that works at a bank and another sister that's an actuary. Oh, wow. I have a brother that has majored in computer science. So, like, I'm not technologically inclined, but my <laughs> brother is, and he could have helped me with so much of getting started. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ha- And, like, and then managing money. Yeah. I have another sister who's a marketing genius. <laughs> oh, my God. So, they totally could have helped you out. Yeah, so much of my family have, like, <laughs> gone to university and have these degrees and things that I absolutely could have used help in, so. Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a poor move on my part, but I was scared to be disowned, and it took me a long time to realize these people haven't been supporting me since I was, even when I was a teenager, they weren't supporting me very good, so. Hey, um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a real fear, that, and that those uh-huh. feelings are completely valid, so. Yeah. I mean, those are real situations, and sometimes some situations are more dire than others. Like, I don't know if you listened to um, Debbie Mundane's episode where, like, she was, like, kind of almost disowned. Yeah, yeah. From her friends and family, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wonder, like, if I had come out before my grandparents had passed away, how they would have taken it. I wonder, like, I've, I've lost so many friends because of it. Yeah, I feel bad for people who rely on their family or who have a great relationship with their family otherwise. Yeah. It's just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, super sad. I mean, it literally has been around forever. And I mean, what is marriage, I feel like, if not a contract of sex work in a way? Totally. Or at least 
like I mean sex work is so much emotional labor and so mm-hmm. is a relationship I feel like yeah so, like, <laughs> it's hard work <laughs> like sex work is not just sex no so that's why I say that I feel like marriage is sort of like, like a sex work relationship in a way <laughs> I agree with that sentiment <laughs> Well, not only is sex work really emotionally tolling, but especially in your specific line of work with massage, it's also really physical as well. It's so physical. Oh I don't my know, gosh. Like, and you know I'm the so one tired thing that I, about this. <laughs> the one the one thing that I think is really Am I echoing? No, no, you are fine. Okay, I hear myself, so I just want to make sure. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I find that people don't really think about is so I do a bunch of positions when I do this massage like mm-hmm. it's at least for the finale the happy ending yeah um I don't just like stand beside the bed and do like a shake weight motion with my hand um <laughs> like <laughs> like I I do a good massage and actually so when I when I worked at the spa, I learned a lot of really interesting tricks of the trade. Okay, like different There's like the basic ones, like um, like the sea sponge when you're on your period. Okay, wait, what? Sea sponge. For yeah, for having sex when you're on your period, you okay. know those like natural sponges, like makeup sponges. Yeah. You can use those um, just before you have sex with someone, and it doesn't. It like it feels it imitates the feel of a cervix. <laughs> Oh so my God. the guys don't know that it's there, and it absorbs the blood, and you can have sex with that. Did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Tip taken. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's, like, little tricks of the trade like that. I learned so much of that working with all these other women. Yeah. And one of them was, because you would get a lot of drunk guys coming in, on, especially, obviously, Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of these guys would, like, you know, be wasted and insist, insist that they were going to have sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, <laughs> oh, you know, I'd say at least half the girls offered full service. Yeah. So what they would do instead, because, you know, you can't, if a guy's been doing coke and drinking all night, he can't get hard, or most of them can't. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't get a condom on, which is unsafe. Yep. So what they would do is just sit on them, reverse cowgirl, and use their hands and, like, ride up and down, but, like, pretend that they were doing full service and just take the money. (laughs) Because, like, they don't know. They walk away acting happy that they got laid, but they're wasted. Like, they've got a little gummy worm. Like, there's nothing that can physically happen. No. That's awesome. Oh, my God. So, anyways, that is, like my favorite finisher i love doing it it it's a great workout it (laughs) it imitates having sex yep um and so many guys will leave and will message me later and be like it it felt like i was inside you (laughs) (laughs) um so cool so one of the thing one of my muscles that gets worked out the most i think is my ass because as i'm like kneeling in reverse cowgirl Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they'll put their hands on my hips yeah and they don't realize that they do it but they push me forward for some reason okay (laughs) and i have fallen flat on my face a few times i will (laughs) admit that not not because of me, just because they push so hard. Like, I don't think they realize they're doing it. 
Um, so anyways, it's a really good ass workout just because I'm having to clench my ass to keep myself from, and my core, I yeah, guess. that resistance. Keep myself from falling over. Yeah, it's great. It's a great workout. I can tell when I've been doing a lot of appointments because my ass looks fantastic. <laughs> I love it. It's a two-in-one. <laughs> Can you speak a little bit about, because you also mentioned in the beginning of the show, too, that you've done some full service work as well. Did you want to go into that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing that really bothers me about, it's besides guys messaging me like, hey, babe, oh God. my biggest pet peeve <laughs> is, um, <laughs> is when I tell people that I do massage mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, well, you don't have sex with your clients? As if, like, it's a, like, oh, oh, it's okay then, you oh know? Oh, my gosh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it feels like they're trying to distance me from sex work when the reality is I touch my clients' dicks. Like, yeah. I make them come. And actually, I offer, I do offer, like, one extra, which is I let guys come on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like, I don't feel like I'm different right. than a sex work. Like, I am because I'm I'm not sleeping with them. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm still having hand sex with them. No, totally. And, <laughs> like, I, like, it's, it's annoying that there's this, like, hierarchy in There's sex still work. an orgasm there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. So, and I feel like that's the first thing people jump to when they hear what I do. Like, they try to be like, oh, well, that's okay. It's not like you're a sex worker. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I roll. <laughs> um, and, and it also is frustrating because, like, well, actually, like, I have slept with clients in the past. Like, I've slept with people for money before. So, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that sucks. So, yeah, I have done it before. I did do sex work when I was a teenager. I had, like, a when I was 16, 17, I had, like, a really – bad assault okay yeah and Mm. it was it affected me really badly like I was traumatized for a couple like several years really I still have flashbacks like it was not good oh my gosh I'm Um, so sorry no that's okay after that I struggled for a few years I had a hard time like keeping a job okay I think I like sold some magazines online and or sorry in a call center and Mm -hmm. like just bounced around a lot I think I went on um like welfare for a while because I just was really struggling with PTSD Mm. and then so I was like well I can't pay my bills so I started doing um work on Craigslist yeah before I knew that sex work was like even like a thing okay um but way before I should have been doing it way before I knew about safety yeah and I did like a lot for very little oh no yeah it was really it was but at the time at the same time at the time it felt like you know I'm getting a hundred two hundred dollars for this thing that I'm doing yeah where I have been in this even worse situation and I got absolutely zero from it. Right. So at the time I thought it was fine and it only happened a few times and whatever. And then I started at the spa a few years later. Right. 
which was great because it opened my eyes to holy shit I've been really underselling myself (laughs) I feel like oh crap (laughs) yeah 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 and then but that was the start I think of like me feeling like I have been in this horrible situation mm-hmm. that I still have flashbacks to that I didn't get paid for that. And yeah. I am now in a situation where I can decide how much I, how much I deserve to make from my time with this person. Absolutely. That can be really empowering too. Once you have that power, I don't know if power is the right word. But uh, yeah, yeah, that control maybe. Yeah, you have that control. Like it took me a long time to realize that I was totally in control of what happened in that appointment. Like I had heard those words before. Mm -hmm. I had heard like you're in control of of the situation, whatever. Right. And I guess in the back of my mind, I knew what it meant, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. I I had never really learned how to set boundaries. I think. I don't oh. think that was something that was taught to me. No, and like and, honestly, like how could you 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 have even known at that young age what boundaries or mm-hmm. what boundaries even are? Yeah, you know. So I that was something that sex work taught me for sure. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, that's quite the story. It's so. I feel like personal. I really went off track here. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> we we can bring it back. We can bring it back. So. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about too, like, I mean, this has kind of helped shape who you are, what kind of sex worker are you, your work ethic, all that. How did you, cause what it sounds like the establishment is kind of in charge of your bookings, you, you have to report in, you're an employee. How did you yeah. branch off in terms of? being your own brand, being your own business, how did you transition to that? Yeah, so I I was working a lot. Yeah, you were working um, a lot. Go back to this, working 110 <laughs> hours on my last week. Oh my God. And one day I just woke up and I was like, I, I cannot keep living like this. Like, this is crazy. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I just want to have fun. Yeah. Like, I just want to do something fun. And I had a little bit of money saved. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just woke up and it's 10 o'clock and I'm like, fuck, I'm late for, late for my shift. And I called them and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to be there for my shift. And I think oh, I was wow. working a double that day and they were like, well, are you going to be here for like your next shift? And I was like, no, I'm not going to be in today. And I just, and I'm not going to be in tomorrow. And then I just got on a train and I, uh, sorry, I got on a, a Greyhound. Oh my God. And I went to your town like two hours over and then I was like, like, I'm far enough away from um, uh, populated southern Ontario, mm-hmm. I can just start hitchhiking now. Oh, my God. And I had, like, what? a backpack, like, a regular school backpack, and I had, like, a blanket that I had stolen out of the back of a U-Haul truck on my little walk. Oh, my gosh. And <gasps> I just started hitchhiking. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it was good. My first experience was good. I got, like, a ride from a truck driver who was – Definitely high on trucker speed, but he was a totally <laughs> decent man. And then my next ride was good, and then my next ride was good. 
And then I got a ride that was not good. Oh my god! It wasn't like terrible. Like I knew from this, I had a feeling from the start, even before I got in his truck, like I shouldn't have gotten in his truck. Okay. But I was still fairly new to hitchhiking. Uh oh. And then we were like at one of those pullouts in Alberta, and he was like, he pulls over at the pullout, and I knew that that was weird immediately because truck drivers, I had already figured out, like do not like stopping. Like they have places to be. They don't like stopping. Yeah. And he pulls out and he's like, so are you going to take your shirt off? And I was like, no. And he's like, are you going to take your pants off? And I was like, fuck no. And I walked, I got it. He's like, I think you should get out of the truck. And I was like, yeah, that's a, I'm going to do that. Idea. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and I got out of the truck and I started walking and then I got picked up by this like super Christian couple. Oh my god! Um, I think they were like from South America and they had like a bunch of rosaries hanging off of their, oh, wow. <laughs> they were super, they were super nice. But after that, I was like, as soon as I got to Calgary, I had, I visited my sister in Calgary. Oh, Definitely wow. didn't tell her about my hitchhiking experience, but <laughs> <laughs> I visited with her for a couple days. And then I was like, Hey, like I cannot be hitchhiking. I don't like being at the mercy of other people. Yeah. Then I started train hopping, like hopping on freight trains. What? Yeah. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. So I traveled around Canada like that, like hitchhiking and train hopping for a few years. And I would like pick up other jobs and like random little jobs. Like I was a living nanny for a little while. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, this is incredible. I like got work like, I don't know, just to clean out people's garages or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, I just like lived out in the bush and then would travel somewhere else and find some new place to live for a couple weeks. And That's so cool. It was uh. so much fun. It seriously helped me in so many ways. Mm. I'm so grateful for that time of my life. What do you mean it helped um, you in so many ways? Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I guess I like I just been working for the spot for a while and I made a bunch of money. Obviously, that relationship with the guy in the States did not work out. <laughs> he found out about me working. I hadn't told him. Oh, okay. And then finally, one of my friends, he just happened to live next door to me uh, in the apartment next door. And he saw me getting delivered at home because work would drive you home and make sure, like, watch you walk in the door and make sure you got home safe. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, they awesome. were really good like that. Yeah. Um, and so I walked home in like a skirt and high heels and that's not me like I'm super tomboy like I um I'm out in the bush all the time yeah so he he was kind of like what the fuck what the hell um yeah and he confronted me about it and then he was like yeah you need to tell the guy that I was seeing in the states because he was friends with him and so that that ended yeah um and I appreciate it because realistically like I've lived an amazing life (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah I traveled around for a while and then I came to a town in northern BC called Terrace oh um, yeah okay yeah and I got I actually had hopped a train there and if anyone is listening knows Terrace it's just like nestled in the mountains yeah and there's a couple of like bridges to like cross because the Skeena River runs through town Um, So there's a bunch of bridges to cross and the train bridge that I got off near was like, the sun was just coming up over the mountains. It was like 5.30 a.m. in the summertime and it was just so beautiful. Oh my God, Um, it's lovely. So I just decided I was going to stay there. I stayed there for a little bit. Okay. And then uh, like I got a job there and everything. I got a couple jobs actually while I lived there. 
And then I went back to Ontario for a little bit after I lived there for um, a few months mm-hmm. and got a job in Ontario. I think I might have worked for the spa again for a little bit. And then I got a car and I drove out to BC and I settled in Terrace again. Okay. And eventually I there's there was a boom, a construction boom going on up there because the um, aluminum smelter, like um, Alcan. Okay was um expanding or or actually rather they were tearing down the old building and and building building a a bigger one yeah Mm -hmm. so there's a huge boom and there's not enough people and they need workers and i have a i have a bunch of construction experience because i worked a lot of little construction gigs while i was traveling around yeah so i get in on that job And I realized like, holy shit, there's like, I'm one of, I'm one of maybe 200 or 300 girls on this 3,600 person project. (laughs) Um, There's a ton of men here and like guys are doing like gay shit because there's just, they literally, they want someone to suck their dick. Yeah. Where they wouldn't normally, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe I should start doing that massage thing that they do here. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. So I, I did. And I started working under the same name that the spa had given me. Okay. And um, I just advertised on Craigslist because Craigslist was, I think they had like commercials back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, I worked on Craigslist and... Even even with Craigslist back then, I had to, like, get through an algorithm, though, because you'd get your posts deleted so quickly. I know. So <laughs> I had to, like, you know, click into it a billion times just to make and not report it so that the algorithm would let it stay up. Oh, my gosh. Um, and wow. then I would do dating sites, too. Like, I would advertise on dating sites just because I almost still hadn't realized that there was a sex work community. Like, even though I'd been in the industry at that point. And, you know, even when I was hitchhiking, I had this big backpack. And at the bottom of my backpack, I carried around a pair of heels and Mm -hmm. a couple of pieces of lingerie so that if I ever needed to, I could stop in at a strip club. Yeah. And you could work. Freelance. Yeah. Or, you know, get a hotel for the night and work out of the hotel for the night. Right. Um, But it wasn't like... I didn't have a brand at that time. Like I was just mm. working under one single name. I think at the time it was Sylvie. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, like just, I'm just, I was just Sylvie and I didn't have ads really. I just, you know, posted something on Craigslist being like, I'm in town and come visit me. And in the mm-hmm. visit, I would put a dollar sign and mm-hmm. you know, that's it. And I get a bunch of replies, like tons and tons at the time yeah. Craigslist was the biggest thing. Ah, oh, back in the day. And then, I know. So I would just <laughs> post, like, I would type up a, a little thing, like, you know, if you want to contact me, like, this is what I offer. This is how much. This is my phone number. And yeah. then I would mass send that out to everyone. And I'd get a few calls and wow. make money that way. And then if it wasn't very busy that day for whatever reason, I would either go hang out in a strip club, mm-hmm. even not necessarily working, just hang out in one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and get clients that way? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I or, love it. <laughs> and some, some strip clubs are cool with it, some are not. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes they're like, no, you need to leave or, you know, you need to pay a freelance fee, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but some places don't like freelancers. Like some pre some places don't do freelancers. And interesting. Yeah, like what wow. are you gonna do? So yeah. at the time, I didn't really care. I didn't realize that I could build a brand and yeah. build a company and work like that. So wow. I did that for a while, and then slowly after being an adult for a while and because I grew up in a really old school family mm-hmm. I didn't really use technology very much right I started to get introduced to places like reddit yeah and at the time tumblr oh yeah um, tumblr <laughs> and I realized there was a sex work community and there's yes. people that do this like full-time as a job yes and I mean like stupid I should have figured it out way sooner I don't know how I could have been in the industry and doing sex work for like uh, you know, off and on five years before realizing, wow, like I can, I can actually make this a whole gig. Like, totally. I don't have to change names every now and then. Like it's actually better to keep the same name and mm-hmm. build clientele. Yeah. So, so it took me a while and I kind of feel stupid about it, but eventually I got there and I have Terrace to thank for it. And, um, wow. I keep going back there because I lived there for, several years and mm-hmm. build up a good clientele there and for sure i love it it's just beautiful okay that's highly recommend awesome. visiting northern bc yes plug that. <laughs> <laughs> once the travel restrictions are lifted again in bc i want to yes, drive exactly. up there. <laughs> i have a couple of questions too in terms of like you know you were starting out and you were working on craigslist maybe you're renting out some hotel rooms and stuff too how did you guarantee your own safety in those first kind of like foundational months and, and years. You know, because I didn't have that sex work community. Um, and I was really hushed in my personal life at that time about what I was doing. Like I did not talk about sex work except with like one or two of my best trusted friends. And even then, like I didn't really tell them everything that I was doing. Okay. Is that because I was, of like the shame and the stigma? Yeah, that totally. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And stigma. And just, I grew up in just a different, I guess I grew up kind of in a different time because my parents are so much older. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it I could live a happy life as this, a sex worker, I guess. Yeah, right. Because of, I mean, like the way that they've instilled their own values and traditions and everything. Yeah, like I thought that I was going to have to hide all the time. Mm. Which, as I've been doing it for longer and longer, and as I've been paying my bills and living quite a good life, <laughs> like, really, I, yeah, I've lived a great life. I've gone and done all kinds of super cool things. Yeah. Funded by sex work. Yeah. So I start to realize, like, it, it does make me super happy, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, because of sex work, I can do this. And, yeah. you know, when I worked in in Terrace, or sorry, rather Kitimat. I lived in Terrace, but I worked in Kitimat at at the um, remodernization project for Alcan. Um, I was not happy there. I was getting paid very well. Mm -hmm. I think I was making um, six to eight grand a month. Oh, wow. And I was not happy. I was so unhappy. Like I went home exhausted at the end of the day, but I also didn't feel like I had done anything. Okay. Good. And like, I actually, while I worked there, had read this book, um, confessions of an economic hitman. And it kind of, 
it made me hate my job even more just because I'm working for this giant corporation that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but there was so much bureaucracy, like, and just like red tape, like, for example, I really wanted to get on night shift while I worked there Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what I did. Like, I, at the time, was not posting pictures of of myself. Like, I was just on Craigslist. Like, maybe I would do, like, a picture fully clothed, but not my face. Yeah. And, like, terrible photo quality because of (laughs) the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't know what I did. Like, they had no idea. And I wanted to get on Night Shift because there was a premium, a $6 premium. Okay. And um, they kept saying, like, we need three people for Night Shift really badly. Yeah. And I would always say, like, I want that night shift job. I love night shift. I love the premium. Like, it mm-hmm. would it would do me really well to have this night shift job. For sure. And they kept telling me no. Oh, my God. And I kept pushing them for it. And finally, my foreman took me aside, and he was like, listen, you're not getting that job. Stop bothering me. Like, there are <sighs> too many dark corners, is what he said. What? Because I was a girl. Oh, yeah. God. And so the frustrating thing was, it was union. I could have talked to my union rep about it. Yeah. But the reality is, I was a new employee. I, or I was new to the union, too. Mm-hmm. So if I brought up this, and the union's such an old boys club. Like, yeah. it's all about who you know. It's all about how you, you know, put your head down to work. Mm-hmm. Don't don't raise alarms, like, all that sort of thing. So. Yeah. If I had gone to my union rep and caused a stink about it, I would have been blacklisted and I never would have gotten hired for another job. Right. So you had to kind of play your cards right. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided to leave there. I asked for a layoff and I went hitchhiking (laughs) some more (laughs) um, and traveled around some more. And then I went up to the Yukon and worked a little bit. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, like, I had a car at the time, but I just wanted to hitchhike and travel a little bit more. You're such a free and spirit. I love this story so much. It was much. so much fun. <laughs> I would love to do it again. Wow. Yeah. I'm so inspired. Um, I'm too scared to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was, like, the reality is people would always tell me, like, oh, aren't you scared and everything? But the reality is, like, I'm a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. I, yeah, maybe something will happen to me, but at least, at least maybe it would bring, like, I traveled a lot around BC, which I don't know if your listeners know about um, the Highway of Tears on, um, it's Highway 97 and Highway 16. Yes. So I, I hitchhiked along that and um, I, I didn't worry really because I felt like I was living an amazing life and I felt satisfied at the time even if I did something did happen I, mm. I felt satisfied with my life right and also I felt like there's so many people who have gone missing there and yeah I was gonna say and how many of them are white girls well, I, was gonna like, say I don't <laughs> I don't think there's maybe maybe there's one or two but I think most of the women that have gone missing are indigenous, indigenous women yes. yeah and like maybe if I went missing something would happen Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of privilege there for sure. It, which I'm, yeah, you're super sad because uh, so I drive there all the time. I I still visit Terrace and tour to Terrace all the time. Yeah, 
And I pick up Hitchhikers all the time. Oh my god! <laughs> always, yeah, always. I the only reason I will ever pass by a hitchhiker is if my car is too full and I physically cannot move anything. Yeah. Or I can't even think of another reason. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I want to steer us back a little bit too. Um, although this conversation is super interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to like steer back too. I mean, going along with okay, you've had this amazing life. Everything's going well. Why are you then deciding that you want to exit the industry? So, like, I've always known that I didn't want to do it forever. Mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed taking ownership of it, making a brand for myself, and feeling like I've actually had a career. Mm-hmm. Um because my, I've always felt sort of judged by my family for not having gone to school and not having gotten a degree right. and not having had a career. But at the same time, the more I look at it, I ha- I've absolutely been in this industry long enough and been doing it consistently enough to consider it a career. Definitely warranted it as a career for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love it and I appreciate it. But when it comes down to it, I do not want to, like, I know I'm going to deal with the stigma forever, considering I've done sex work, mm-hmm. um, and maybe at some point in my life it's going to come back and bite me in the ass one way or another, but I don't want to actively be dealing with the stigma forever. Right. It's too much. Yeah. I want to live a normal, happy life in the woods and be able to go to the grocery store and not worry about, like, I live in a super small town. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to live where, I want to be able to live wherever I want to live and not have to worry about the whole town talking about me because I definitely yeah. deal, maybe not the whole town, but, you know, certain groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you just want to be able to live freely. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, like, you already kind of, already had this in mind that this is always going to be a temporary type of Yeah, work. and I kind of figured, like, 30. I didn't have, like, 30 wasn't, like, set in stone. hmm But probably around then. I also kind of thought maybe, like, when I get married around that time, whichever whichever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, the new we start to slow I'm, down. I am turning 30, and I'm engaged, so... <laughs> it feels like it feels like the time is coming close. Yes. Yeah, right. And I mean, who knows? I mean, this episode is airing in January. We're recording in December, so who knows <laughs> if you might yeah. be Yeah, I mean, I'm exited. definitely not going to be getting married like within the next year. Mm-hmm. So, and like <laughs> he knows what I do. I told him we met online and I told him before we even met what I do. It's not like you know, oh, I have to be done sex work before we get married and consummate the marriage nothing like that like no no (laughs) if if it just so happens that we get married and then I'm still working for a few like it's not a big deal no and it shouldn't be a big deal so yeah yeah exactly that was kind of that was my you know I had sorted through friends first that way and then I started to sort through family that way and then when I was dating and looking to settle down I definitely sorted through my romantic relationships that way I like that process, actually. Mm-hmm. Going through friends, going through family, and then going through potential partners. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah, yeah practice, <laughs> I yeah. suppose. <laughs> and I needed the practice because I didn't know how to deal with it, for sure. 
yeah. for a long time. Yeah, it's really hard sometimes. I feel like partners sometimes just don't know how to process sex work. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, another exactly. topic. <laughs> yeah. Like You're going to have to get, like, someone's, um, like, a sex worker's partner on sometime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really interested to hear from someone that isn't my partner. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we went through the process, obviously, but just to hear from someone else's experience. Yeah, no, it's definitely on my radar, but I'm just very picky, choosy about who I bring onto the show, and I just want to make sure they totally. can articulate well, but... Yes, the episode will yeah. be coming hopefully next year. <laughs> so we'll see. Awesome. I'm <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask a couple questions too in terms of how to formulate an exit plan for yeah. exiting out of the industry. I mean, it's hard to plan for that kind of stuff too, but I mean, what are some tips and tricks that you can share? Like, I think an exit plan, like if you're planning on not doing sex work forever, and even if even if you are kind of planning on, on doing it forever, I think it's still important to have an exit plan or mm-hmm. a contingency, like a just-in-case. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, I think, uh, and I think sex workers are, are pretty good at that. Like, I don't, I can't really think of any sex worker off the top of my head that doesn't have, like, another side job or, yeah. like, you know, investments or yeah. whatever. But I think that's, I guess that's just like good financial planning, <laughs> which I think most sex workers have. I think um, so. Just, just because we're entrepreneurs, right? And yeah. one day we could be making $3,000 and one day we could be making $0. So yes. yes. I think we just plan for that instinctively. Totally. And also I think this conversation is good to have <laughs> too because there's so many new sex workers as well uh-huh. that aren't even aware like they think oh my god i'm swimming in money right now and they just yeah. blow right through it and i'm yeah. sure like we've all had kind of phases where that's happened too but Absolutely. um yeah. <laughs> but yeah but no it's good that's to kind just of growing up right yes. like i think everyone's every single person can relate to that absolutely <laughs> what kind of steps did you take in terms of kind of planning oh, yeah. this out so i mean as far as steps like well, I will say, and I, I do remember hearing this in another episode too. Okay. Um, me and my fiance have a prenup. Mm-hmm. We have in the prenup that he knows that I do sex work and that I'm quitting sex work. And a lot, maybe not a lot of that, but in part due to um, partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's also been, we've gone over that. I expect to still live the good life that I lived when I was working. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I would consider that a step that mm-hmm. I've taken. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also feel like I have a, I have a really good background. Like I've worked all kinds of different vanilla jobs, like through <laughs> so many different industries. Mm-hmm. I am not too worried. Like I don't have a plan for what kind of job I'm getting into next. Okay. I'm probably going to do a bunch of different vanilla jobs, just like I've always done, just because I like doing new things. I like learning new things. Yeah. I always love those oddball jobs, so I'm not really going to settle until I find something that is going to actually interest me. Okay. Yeah, that's um, a good approach. But that goes into another 
thing is I have the ability to take some time off Mm -hmm. and I've prepared myself to have some time to to distance myself from Lexi Mm -hmm. and get to know the the real me and just because I've had Lexi for about six years now yeah yeah so like I am prepared for dealing with some grief and probably already have started um considering I'm not really working with COVID yeah that's another thing. <laughs> um, I've started to experience a bit of grief because when I give up Lexi I will definitely be losing a a part of my identity for sure I mean it's been part of your identity for so long Uh and there was definitely a a part in the beginning where I never really detached from Lexi Mm. like I I was Lexi 24 7 like I went to bed with the my work phone beside my bed yeah and I woke up and checked it like newspaper (laughs) (laughs) um so I just all day besides like you know taking my dog for a walk I didn't really detach from Lexi no no and I think that's really an interesting part of your process too because it's almost like a part of you is dying Uh and I feel like you will need to take some time to mourn the passing of Lexi whenever that is going to be yeah so it's something that I've touched on in therapy um just because I I do therapy fairly regularly that's also Um, great (laughs) so I've touched on it with her and I I have a sex work um friendly therapist and she's awesome and um she's kind of giving me some homework on that on ways to detach and also ways to um keep uh, make a new part of my identity I guess in its mm-hmm. place right mm-hmm. right oh wow this is but, so cool like another thing is it it is one of those things like I said earlier you you don't really need to like people who say that you can't do this forever there's they don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> they've never done like, it <laughs> as I've been doing this job so the last like three years three four years I've been realizing that there's the sex work community and really starting to get involved like I kind of watched from far away for like a year or two and then I started to really dip my toe in and meet meet sex workers close to me and some far away from me and yeah like there's so many more older people in the industry than you might think totally Mm -hmm. Mm. so I mean at that point it's like any other job where you know you should be putting money into an RRSP or whatever you plan to do when you retire at 60 or 65 or whatever or whatever age so, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's um, um, really important too in terms of like and not just in terms of sex work but just in general people should have some kind of financial planning knowledge and uh-huh. I really wish that was taught in schools and something that was taught to me earlier that's me like too. something I've had to just it, like figure out myself. Yeah, and it's really <laughs> so hard to navigate when you've never, when you don't even have like the the foundation of saving or the foundation of financial planning. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same for me. I I feel like I really, you know, I really appreciate my parents. They did teach me a lot, but they mm-hmm. never taught me 
anything to do with finances. Yeah, but uh, even like the things that your parents do teach you, like it might be good for them, but uh-huh. it might not necessarily be good for me. Like I can definitely see that from experience for sure. Like <laughs> I'm like super conservative, you know, like yeah. zero risk and <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't really definitely. make you any money. But I mean, that's like a whole other conversation, maybe another uh-huh. episode that I'll have to do. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I guess... I guess, like, the biggest tip for if you know you're going to be exiting the industry, saving is so important. Having mm-hmm. a cushion for rainy having days. a cushion for not only rainy days, but if you ever need to take some time off and just and just be and just get to know yourself and um, figure out what you want to do in the future mm-hmm. and not only like not only saving in one place not only putting mm-hmm. you know money in your attic accounts, or whatever yeah. yeah um not only putting money in a savings account like doing all those things saving money all sorts of places having investments in all sorts of places yeah don't rely on one thing no no that's also sound advice as well uh, especially and if you can even you know maybe lean on a couple of really good clients like yeah I always I always had my business model as um like one of my best clients my longest clients um who lives in Terrace mm-hmm. he is used to me asking for you know like a Christmas present <laughs> 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 um and it's not a thing like he messaged me over COVID several times, just being like, you know, are you okay? And he knows yeah. that I'm in a relationship. He knows that he knew before anyone that I was in this relationship. <laughs> and he always checks up on me and always makes sure that I'm good. I love and that. And so I always built my brand on building those kinds of relationships with people that I really like mm-hmm. and people who I know really like me. Yeah. That's also really mm-hmm. important too. Like, and I forgot, like, we didn't really get to go too, too much into branding. But if you want to quickly speak on that, too, on what you should kind of, like, look out for, what what you think sex workers should focus on. I mean, it, it can also really vary on the type of sex work that they do. But if you want to kind of share a little piece about your yeah. story, that'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I don't feel like I'm a branding expert by any means. I'm, te- <laughs> I'm not tech savvy, and I feel like a lot of branding – now is all technological so um, (laughs) I can't speak too much on it I can definitely say my website has been so worth it like starting a website was yeah the best move I could have made and Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people kind of you tell them the price point for a website and they're like oh my god that's too expensive but when you think about it you know it's two or three appointments which is you know two or two or three hours of your day four hours of your day if you include all of the the texting and whatever. Yeah. And it will save you so much time in the future. Like I only see people who have read through my website, who've referenced that they've read through my website and therefore like introduce themselves, tell them what's, tell me what city they're in and and that sort of thing. So it saves me like, cause for so long I was advertising and then I'd have like a write up and I'd send it to every single person. And then I'd, you know, back and forth after that, whenever they had questions. And now I don't have to do any of that. Oh my gosh. It's so manual. 
so much so manual much work. work. That's why yeah. it was so easy to be Lexi 24 seven. Cause I was on my phone texting literally yeah. <laughs> every second of the day. Um, so making a website has given, I, I guess I made a website maybe five years ago. Yeah. And yeah, it gave me my life back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's like really, really key to have that for sure. Yeah. And like with so many different platforms on building websites like Squarespace and stuff like that, you don't have to be design expert. You don't have to know code as well. I mean, if you have the income and the money <laughs> to get someone to build your website for you and customize uh-huh. it, cool. Uh-huh. But then, yeah. I mean, just having something out there where people can find you so you are accessible is so important. Yeah. I mean – yeah, I, I really, really, I know it's a high price point, but if you think about it, like even a thousand dollars, like you can get a ni- a really nice website made for a thousand dollars and you can get it done for even cheaper than that. Yeah. For and sure. yeah, like a thousand dollars is middle ground and it will immediately make you look more professional immediately yes. and it will justify a higher rate and it will and even just like not only just looking professional will justify the higher rate but just having having something on the internet with your name on it mm-hmm. something that you're connected to makes clients feel better yeah absolutely because um, yeah as clients the, they, they I wanna... will note that mm-hmm. I have had a website taken down oh. um yeah, you need to make sure that you're like you don't need to. You can you can make a Wix website for free, whatever. If that's what you have to do for a few months to get the money together, do that. Yeah. Maybe have a second one, a backup one, just in case that one gets taken down. Mm. How okay? What happened with yours in terms of website taking down? Is it because you were advertising services or like being because I know sometimes websites are really picky about what exactly what what the verbiage is yeah yeah probably because mm-hmm. I do state exactly what I do mm, okay and I do state on my website that I don't offer full service before I was in a relationship I I also would do full service like occasionally if the if the price was right and I felt like it you know it happened like a handful of times but I do state on my on my website, like I do not offer offer full service. I don't offer oral service. So it's it's very likely that it got taken down because of that. It did get taken down during FOSTA SESTA, like when oh, um, Craigslist and all, back page, uh, back all page. Oh god, yeah. I miss page. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> such a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that and like your incredible story. I just wow, like I am. My jaw is just like dropped open right now. I'm so inspired by you. I love your story. It's so raw and so real. And uh, I, I'm like amazed. I'm pretty sure like a lot of people can learn from this episode. So, <laughs> so glad to have Good, you. Good. I hope so. Yeah. I really hope someone can learn something. But I learned so much from your episodes. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. I try. I really do. <laughs> but there are a couple questions that did come in for you from the audience. So why don't we kind of roll into that? Okay. So I know that we kind of already briefly went through this, but I don't know if you want to go over it again or if you want to do spark notes version Uh of this person writes in or wrote in, how do erotic massages even work? I don't know if you want to (laughs) go into that again, but. (laughs) 
I mean, I think it depends on whether you're seeing someone who's independent or whether you're going to a spa. Mm. If you're going to a spa, it's a little bit different than if you're doing it or if you're seeing someone who's independent. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for other people. I have spoken about how I do mine. Yeah. We did kind of, before we went on air, touch about Nuru, which yeah. I don't do. Right. And I really hope you can have someone on it that can talk more about that because it's really hot. Yes. Thanks for that, um, Reco. <laughs> um and then uh like in a spa i mean your your experience is gonna vary Mm -hmm. there's especially if you don't pay any money like if you only go in and pay the door fee you're not gonna get a very good time like you're gonna have someone standing beside the bed and doing the shake weight like i talked about like (laughs) it's it's she's probably gonna be looking at the clock the whole time like it's not gonna be fun um (laughs) If you have some money to spend, it'll be a great time, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, yeah, like, as long as you, as long as you are, communicate what you, like, want, that you want something sensual, or you want something intimate, or you want something, you know, you don't, yeah, you have to, you have to communicate. I definitely find that with clients that will just, like, lay there and are, are totally unresponsive and like you don't know if they're having a good time um but for the most part if you have a little bit of money and you're you show the girl that or the provider that you're you value their time they're going to they're going to um value you yes so. it goes both ways yeah <laughs> any clients listening <laughs> <laughs> I guess here, we kind of went over this too. Um, why did she decide to quit the sex industry? I think if stigma was not a thing in our world, I might not quit. Yeah. I might get into it like part time, more part time mm-hmm. than I currently do. Yeah. But I would, yeah, I would probably stick with it a lot longer. Stigma's the number one just because I hate living in a small town and yeah dealing with the drama that comes with that and the town gossip so yeah yeah Yeah. fair enough (laughs) um how do you put up with someone that has really poor hygiene uh yeah you know this one I used to put up with it and I don't anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah I used to put up with it like um I offer I I always offer a shower. I always offer shower gel, you know, wipes at the back of the toilet. Like, Mm -hmm. even if they, even if they, like, need to take a shit after they've showered for some reason, they can still wipe their (laughs) ass. Um, Or mouthwash for if they just got off work. Like, I don't mind seeing someone who's just gotten off work, but Mm -hmm. you can take advantage of the facilities I have. Yeah. And I used to be not nice about it, but after a few stains on my, because I carry sheet, I use my own white sheets. Yeah. Um, to keep them clean, obviously, and yeah, I've had a, a few shit stains, so I just don't <laughs> deal with it anymore. Yeah, like if someone ass stinks, I will tell them that their ass stinks. <laughs> no it's filter. just it's like why uh, why should we have to, to deal with up, that? Yeah, like no one else would it? have to. If they went for an actual massage, they wouldn't deal with that. Exactly. I'm so, glad you don't put up with that shit. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if someone does have really bad breath and they didn't, they really insist on not doing anything, then they're not going to have a good time. Yeah, like I'm gonna make, I'm gonna say something and make it obvious that I'm not comfortable. And if you don't do something to change it, then I'm gonna make myself comfortable by not being being near that part that smells yeah. or whatever. It's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Another question here: 
are all of her clients males? Yeah, I have done like, like duos and things. I love mm-hmm. duos. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see couples. I probably would be open to a single woman, but I've never been, I've never been asked by a single woman. Mm. Um, I like, I guess I, I do gay for pay. <laughs> um but vaginas don't really do it for me boobs i love boobs boobs are like the greatest thing in the world (laughs) vaginas don't do it for me so i mean i would do it for pay yeah and that's okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) um another one here how do you guarantee your safety when you're being independent Mm -hmm. i back in the day didn't because i didn't know i could oh wow well I mean like I screened in a way I guess but I didn't Mm -hmm. screen to the point of like getting their names and their driver's license and all that I screened back in the day by just um looking at how they spoke to me and um got a a sense of them before being private with them Mm -hmm. that's a big indicator yeah proper grammar always wins (laughs) yeah and I guess I've also charged a really high price for my massages like after I realized I could yeah I start charging higher prices and honestly I think that's worked really well for deterring people who don't respect me yeah it's a good way of weeding out unsavory yeah. people <laughs> so I've actually never really had too bad of an experience Come like I've had a couple that. of like slightly unnerving experiences but never like felt unsafe in a room with someone right and then as I built Lexi, I started to take deposits a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it's been great. Good. And I don't explicitly tell the guys that I get their name, um, oh. just because I feel like they don't need to know. <laughs> but with an e-transfer, you get someone's name, Yes. generally. Mm-hmm. If I don't get their name, like, for example, if they want to pay through a visa mm-hmm. or a mass, like a prepaid visa or a prepaid MasterCard. Yep which is one of the ways I offer deposits, yeah. I will then ask them for a picture of their driver's license because, yeah. yeah. And I usually do outcall uh, okay. for that sort of thing. So I have right. a spot that I can, and I have like an iPhone and I have um, my location shared with a friend. Oh, good. Good. So all these things, like I let someone know where I am and yeah, yeah I discreetly get their name. And Google them. <laughs> As you should. You definitely yeah. should. It's your safety yeah. we're talking about here. So <laughs> yeah. it's warranted. And I guess the last question here is, how much time do you have left as Lexi? I am – it's sort of something that I've been going back and forth with. With okay. COVID, I'm not working right now. Yeah. I did work a little bit over the summer, but as cases started to rise again, I stopped working. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's irresponsible, and especially yeah. because I tour exclusively. It's just hard. It's I don't feel good doing yeah. it right now. No, totally. Um, Fair enough. So right now I'm kind of back and forth about <laughs> whether I whether I wait COVID out and start working again in 2021. Hopefully it's over by then. Yeah. I'm still probably going to do a little bit of online, like pictures and videos. Mm-hmm. My fiance is on board with making content with me. Yay. Yeah. Score. I'm super excited for that, actually. <laughs> so I'll be doing that for a couple of years, probably online. And then 
and then in person maybe I will wait out COVID and then try for another year as Lexi yeah or maybe I will see how long COVID takes and maybe just do a few like a a few tours around BC and Alberta as Mm -hmm. Lexi potentially a cross-country tour um it it'll just depend on COVID if COVID hadn't have happened um I would be working till 2021 yeah but because of COVID I'm just taking the time off and we'll see what happens I really hope for another year of work (laughs) just (laughs) because I'm not quite ready to quit (laughs) <laughs> I really do love what I do. Like, I love it so much. So I, I'd be pretty sad if I had to Call throw quits. in the towel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. I'll, I'll be announcing on my on my socials what I'm going to be doing when I decide. Yes. And with that, where can we find you? Yeah. So I have a few different socials. Pretty much, I always tell people to Google me. Because <laughs> I'm like one of the first people that show up on Google. So gotcha. uh, like my website's like one of the first links, lexicaldera.ca. And then that links to like my Twitter and my Instagram. And I do have a Facebook as well, a work Facebook. But my mm-hmm. work Facebook is really for like my paying. Well, not really. I tr- like a lot of people add me and then I try to weed through the people that don't ever give me money <laughs> just because you can only have 3,000 friends on that one yeah and I, I have or 5,000 friends and I'm so close to that limit all the time mm-hmm. so I try to keep my Facebook for like the people that plan on giving me at least a, a few dollars yeah that's fair yeah. enough <laughs> yeah well Lexi it was so much fun chatting with you and honestly I could chat for even longer but I know <laughs> Like, I love chatting with you too. It's been so great. I like honestly, like I just want to hear more about the whole hitchhiking thing. But I was like, okay, I got to steer it back. Like, it's just an um, overlay. So I don't have actually, anything. I will definitely. I would definitely. If anyone wants to know more about the industry, they can absolutely reach out and cool. ask me any questions they may have, as long as they're not like super Creepy weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it was... Or creepy. Or creepy, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you so much for taking the time every morning. I mean, it's rainy here in Vancouver, but it's... um, Yeah, it was so much fun chatting with you and getting to know you and just getting your expertise on the erotic massage part of the industry. And I learned so much today. I'm sure all the listeners also learned a lot as well. So Lexi, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And everyone, it's new episodes every single Sunday, wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Write me a nice little pretty review, maybe a five-star rating on Apple. And it's straight by Sia on Instagram, as well as my personal, which is Sia Steph. And I will catch you in for another episode next Sunday. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Artwork by Maria Bellandorama. Music by Ted D. And photography by Ian Dabern.